Hello and welcome to this episode of the Coaching Podcast from British Canoeing Awarding Body. Hi everyone and welcome to the British Canoeing Awarding Body Coaching Podcast. Um, Today, I'm absolutely delighted to be uh, accompanied by Lucy. Uh, Lucy uh, has been working for British Canoeing for a, for a little while within the coaching department. And um, without ruining it any further, what I want to do is say, uh, welcome, Lucy. And could you possibly introduce yourself, please? Oh, me, it's absolutely delight to come on as well. Um, so I'm currently working as a coaching advisor, um, just coming up to six months um, in the coaching team here at British Canoeing. Um, I've literally just finished my master's in sports and exercise psychology um, at Loughborough University and I've actually continued my study um, in psychology now. So I'm studying part time alongside my coaching role. Um, I currently um, compete in canoe polo um, it's been my sport since I was about 10 or 11 um, so been doing that for quite a while so quite passionate about canoeing as well. That's fantastic and, and great that um, you know we haven't actually had many people uh, on our podcast that have been talking you know with the background of, of canoe polo so it's absolutely fantastic and um, just so you're, you're extending your, your studies does that mean you're doing an MSc now? Um, so I'm actually going back to um, an undergrad level in psychology, just so I can get a basis in psychology. Um, mm -hmm. So hopefully I can go on to become a chartered psychologist at some point. Um, wow. So it's just okay. really about getting that basis in psychology as I did sports science as an undergrad. Um, okay. So I need that basis in psychology. Brilliant. Okay. Well, um, so... What we're here today uh, to talk about is that Lucy was involved with, well, not involved, actually, you know, um, led, led a, a particular area of research. And um, the research paper is called A Qualitative Investigation of Choking and Clutch Performance Under Pressure in Team Sports. Um, absolutely delighted when uh, I hounded Lucy for a little while to send it to me. Uh, and it was it just a really captivating piece of research. And I think it was it was it would be so useful for any coach out there. It's not just within team sports, um, but that in particular to be able to listen to this podcast, take a few bits and pieces away. And as always, for people that have listened to this, listen to myself on the podcast, I always ask the question, so what? How can that be applied within the field? So. Without any further ado, can you give us a bit of an outline, Lucy, on, on the study, where it took place, maybe some of the methodology, and why, why this particular area of interest? Okay, so my study really focused on creating this better understanding of the subjective experiences of the performers um, of choking and clutch performance in sport. Um, they sit along this spectrum of performance that we don't have a great understanding of. And I really wanted to look into this. Um, this was for my master's. Um, this study was qualitative in nature. Um, so it means that it took form in semi-structured interviews. Um, I actually got to interview 10 different athletes and these were in a wide range of sports, not just canoeing, um, but we looked into basketball, hockey. We, we really 
wanted to have a broad range um, of sports really. Unfortunately, because of COVID, it was all online. Um, but actually we were able to extract some really, really interesting experiences um, of individuals and some really good global themes um, that arose from my study. Um, this area in sport for me, I'm, I'm so very passionate about um, this spectrum of performance um, and whether when you go to perform under pressure, you can either experience these excellent performances. And I know quite a few of us have experienced absolutely catastrophic declines in performance as well. Um, and I'm just so intrigued to uncover the mechanisms and the experiences of others, um, really to see how we can facilitate that excellent performance that we've all experienced more often and, and try and prevent those choking incidents that we have um, after we've trained so hard to perform really, really well. Yeah, no, I, I, it's great that you know, you're just sound in your voice, Lucy, how passionate you are about this particular subject. Um, I think what would be really useful is you, you use that terminology and you've been using that terminology as you've been explaining. But could you could you ha help us and, and help listeners to to understand what you mean by choke and clutch? Mm -hmm. um, so the most common definition that is used for clutch performance is any increment or superior performance under pressure. Um, and this doesn't necessarily mean winning um, or always coming top ranked. It doesn't always mean that. Historically, it's been quite used to describe those clutch moments. One of the most popular ones is basketball when there's like 30 seconds left to go, there's one goal needed, there's one more shot, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, that is very a popular common use of clutch but we've actually in the psychology literature they've started to explore it more and these clutch moments these clutch performances they they, they occur quite often um, and it's all really about how high pressured situations can cause us suddenly to sometimes just get this big levels of confidence to go and exert extra effort go it's a sort of grit and drive that arises within you that you kind of exert all your effort into performance and sometimes it can be really really successful and sometimes it can't quite get us over the line but for ourselves it can be a really superior performance um mm. so that's what we when we talk about clutch that's what we talk about um choking is the complete opposite it's normally defined as any acute and considerable decrease in skill performance um and this is broadly explained um and explained more in my dissertation um by self-focus and distraction theories um and a good example of this is many of us would have felt under pressure that skills that we automatically normally perform such as paddling or throwing or catching we start to think about these too much so when you focus on the breakdown of a skill suddenly these movements that we do normally suddenly become really hard so we suddenly think about the grip on our paddle um our stroke in the water and then the next moment we've missed the gate that we we're supposed to go through um so it's really about suddenly you're grasping back at this performance and i think we we probably have all can recall this and this cycle of choking that we we found that once you make one little mistake it sometimes leads to a more catastrophic um decline in performance um and this is what we call a choking 
sometimes it can be a moment, sometimes it could be the whole performance, but it hasn't got a defined time period. Mm. Yeah, it's very, it is, a, it's such, it's such complexities that you talk about there, isn't it? You know, um, and very individualized to, to that person, to the, to the situation that's in, in, in hand. I think, I think what would be really good is, um, I don't want you to give out, give away all of the all of the um, the findings within the research because I'd really encourage the listeners to go onto the awarding body website to be able to read your dissertation, which I think is absolutely articulated really well. So, um, and someone that struggles with academic papers, um, I really appreciate the, the way that you that you the way you wrote those those papers, Lucy. Um, but could you give us a bit of an overview of what your findings were? Um, during these 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 ten interviews, yeah. So we found that um, there were very many cases of choking and clutch that everybody experiences um, the same main factors within them. So when we experience clutch performance, we feel very much in control and confident. Um, mm-hmm. But we found in our study really that everybody had individual little parts that were so unique to the, how they felt um, that we can't actually um, use the words choking and clutch we can use them as great umbrella terms but the very individual the 12 people I got to speak to had very individual own personal experiences um, of choking and clutch so when I give suggestions on what we found it, it is very individual to a performer and how they have felt choking and clutch um, personally mm. so when we give suggestions it is broad suggestions we're not like pushing um one way of dealing with choking one way of promoting clutch performances we're really giving broad ways that we found and we've generalized from our findings Mm. yeah yeah and as we you you very clearly pointed out it's, it's such an individualized characteristic or or response to to the situation i think what's really important as part of these podcasts that we that we that we run through the awarding body is you know the application so um from your from your research you obviously spent a huge amount of time looking in this particular area but what what sort of considerations um should be there that we as coaches should be should be um aware of you know you know what should we consider what should we adapt within our training to maybe help prepare individuals and and athletes um accordingly Mm -hmm. i think the main takeaway i'd love people to take from my studies especially for coaches um is about creating this psychologically safe environment to train Um, whatever level we compete at um, we'll always inevitably feel this sense of pressure Um, and as a coach we must embrace this we we can't ever remove pressure from our athletes um, as it can actually breed amazing performances and we can create these clutch performances from it Um, for me it's all about really buffering these negative effects so we can promote having excellent performance more often um, and this psychologically safe environment that I talk about um, and I'll probably stress quite a few times is about creating a training environment where your athletes are comfortable 
the focus really is about support and accepting mistakes as part of this learning process. As coaches, sometimes we can tend to punish mistakes um, or quite negatively appraise them. Um, and this prevents psychological, this psychological safe net um, that we want to create for our athletes to flourish. Um, if our mistakes are appraised positively um, as part of this learning process, we can more likely to produce mastery performance. Um, mm -hmm. We tend to see this resilience and growth mindset um, alongside a confidence of creativity and more freedom to play it just removes this pressure from the training environment um, this fear of negative evaluation from your coach or even from your training partners this negative criticism of mistakes can really cause heavy self-criticism um, and doubt in a performance mind that we really want to remove when they can go either into a competitive situation or sometimes if they're just going to perform it it doesn't necessarily need to be in a competitive situation um and one of the key things about this crate in this environment is this freedom from judgment and criticism and we must teach our athletes the teammates that we train with the people that we train with about this awareness of how we give feedback to each other if if you are training with a training partner who's always criticizing you or your coach is always very heavily focused on what you've done wrong um then it can cause this doubt in your mind and the coach's role is not only just to give feedback positively but it's also to help teach others such as your training um partners how to how they can use their words and how they really affect other people and with this we can really build a safety net for our athletes where they have no fear to explore that flair and creativity that they they have for their sport really mm, that's that's really lucy would would it be possible could you could you maybe give some examples or an indication of when a coach has done this well? Yeah, so um, from from some of the experiences we um, got from our study, um, we found that um, coaches that as soon as somebody made a mistake was like, drop down and give me 10 push-ups, that kind of environment where shuttle runs are run when they made a mistake in the game things like that that were punished straight away um it's a very typical example but when coaches punishes those mistakes then the performers were less likely to go and try again um and this um emphasis on okay you've not done that cr straight correctly or um you need to do it better this time um, this really approach behavior of let's go out and let's try it again um, because those mistakes are just part of the learning um, and part of the challenge really of learning and mastering any kind of skill um, is definitely one of the main examples that we, we found um, and quite a common um, in childhood experiences of learning um, and that's when a lot of performers pick up quite a lot of their skills as young children but if they've been punished for their mistakes as they've been growing up then it does lead to doubt as as we grow up into adult athletes um it does really lead to that doubt in your mind whether you're going to be punished if you get things wrong or make mistakes 
Yeah, that, that's an interesting, you know, because when you talk about punish, you know, and it's interesting, you know, what what happens in our in our early years, um, what we take into in into into our our youth, into our adulthood, is, you know, punishment doesn't always have to be, you know, what what people might conjure up in their minds. It it could also be ridicule, couldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. we find that um, coaches that people that grow up with coaches that have been very critical um, of their performance, they always grow up with this more likely to choke in pressurized situations because they always tend to have this self-doubt in their mind if they've had overly critical coaches when they've they've grown up in sport when Mm. they were younger. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine a lot of you know, people listening would actually, you know, be able to sort of not not fully, you know, may not be able to relate it within their practice, but they might see it in others and um, and how that can have a, a real negative impact on, on people actually performing at their optimum level. Mm. Yeah. So how, how, how can a coach identify um, and identify those more prone to, co- uh, to, to choking? So we can scientifically do it. Um, A psychologist would probably give you what we call reinvestment scales. Um, And these are very specific to the sport you do so that there is many, many different um, versions of these scales. Um, So a coach, if they really, really don't know their athlete too well, um, if maybe they've got a new athlete, they're really good scales to go to straight away. Um, But I would say if coaches have established a long, a strong relationship with their athlete, they can usually identify those people that are slightly more anxious under pressure um, and have like a nature to choke in pressurized situations. And it's it's hard to look at each athlete. Um, But normally with our coaches, they put a lot of effort into creating these strong relationships. And one one telltale real sign that we see we saw quite a lot in our study um was that choking can actually cause angry outbursts or aggressive behavior um during performance um Mm -hmm. i talked earlier a little bit about this cycle of choking so when you start to feel out of control of your emotions out of control of your performance and it can start to create this frustration um and that really builds and most of the time we go for this cathartic release um during performance or even sometimes you can see it after um but this is one thing that we we found in our study that was actually really interesting to find um these people after you've identified um those more prone to choking um okay aggressive behavior can can be a common um way to um find those prone for choking um but these people need to be targeted in the intervention if you've got somebody that struggles with choking under pressure frequently um i would say there are quite a few basic things that i would suggest um so the first one that i would definitely suggest is um having pre-performance routines Um, So these are really important things that we found actually led 
more commonly to clutch performances, even in those that were more prone to choking. Um, and this can be anything. This can be in-game, before game, um, but it helps to relieve this pressure. One of the most famous ones that people have probably seen is... Um, Johnny Wilkinson, um, historically, when he takes a try, you see him hold something in his hands and he clasps his hands together. Um, and he actually imagines a tiny little bird in his hands. And this is what he used as a pre-performance re um, routine um, for a try um, to defocus from all the pressure around him um, and just to focus on that skill. And there's quite a few things that we do in paddling, like, I, I will have like a lucky paddling kit and I'll always do the same thing before performance um, just to help relieve the pressure. And this is one thing that we can really um, get people that are prone to choking to do, um, to have this consistent routine before they go to perform. Um, a second one that I would say um, for coaches with people prone to choking um, is always to set realistic goals. And this is not... These aren't goals that we would necessarily say are physical. Um, so you don't want to be like, OK, we're going to aim for a gold medal. Um, in psychology, we call it process goals. Um, these are goals that are not the end game. It is not winning. Um, it's not the physical things you can achieve. It's about what holistically you want to feel, how you want to perform personally. So these are broken down into little process goals. Um, an example of this is attributing opposition um, as an opportunity to perform well for yourself rather than competing against them rather than focusing on winning to actually attribute strong opposition opposition to bringing out the best in you is a really interesting um intervention that you can use with those prone to choking um and my final suggestion for those prone to choking really is about building self-efficacy so this is about building really the confidence in yourself um, we do this and one of the main things that we suggest doing is watching video replays of your most successful performances as much as we love we love looking back on performances where we might not have been successful heavily criticizing them and being like this is what we want to do in the future watching back you play amazing or play and achieve these clutch performances actually can help build your confidence for the future and definitely help build um, more confidence in those that are prone to choking. Lucy, the, the, the absolutely fantastic examples there and, and some really um, takeaways that coaches can actually think uh, how do they how they might construct their their sessions how they might have interventions with their with their athletes and paddlers so that's really 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 insightful um my last question lucy for you um is what how how should a coach how should an athlete or paddler um approach um or consider their uh, mechanisms post coaching so you know someone during a performance whether it's you know going you know that, that someone sort of you know chokes at that last point you can really identify where it happened um 
how, how should a coach approach approach um, sort of unfolding that with with the athlete with the paddler? So the main thing we really found in our study is actually this re-energizing effect that we found um, that comes from clutch performances. Of course, we feel amazing afterwards, but also we found it from choking. We found that people actually were motivated to go back out, go back out and train um, and train hard to, so that they never experienced that choking feeling before. Many of us would have felt that choking and not being able to control our performance and it all going wrong. Um, but one of the things, interestingly, that we found in our study was that choking actually made us train harder. And the main focus for coaches really should be on the positive evaluation and the reinforcement of of confidence after these choking and clutch performances and both types of performances can be extremely exhausting but also both can weirdly be an amazing amazing to be part of and part of our journey really um as performers um the disappointment um the frustration of choking especially if a coach is very outcome focused um it can actually cause athletes to fear choking in the future and could go in performance more anxious. So for our coaches, I say would say that focus on the process goals, like I said earlier, not on the outcome. OK, we may have come last. We may have not achieved what we wanted to. But was there positive things that we got out of the performance? And that really should be the focus of coaches. Um, one of the really practical things I would say coaches could do was let our next task, let our next confidence be there to rebuild our confidence again. Let's let's get them to compete at a slightly lower level. Let's give them an achievable task that we know that they can do and they can do well, just to build that confidence back again. Um, with choking, looking at past successful performances to reinforce confidence again. Um, again is a brilliant way brilliant way to remove that fear of choking again and use it for fuel for training and really um use use it um because we we didn't we didn't in our study we didn't think um that would actually help remotivate the player um we thought it would cause heavy critique avoidance behavior um overtraining that kind of thing um where actually we found that choking under pressure okay it was not at the time um it was uncomfortable for the athlete but with a positive appraisal from the coach um and a bit of reinforcement of confidence we can we can actually help create clutch performances from our chokes that mm. literally i could i could i could listen to you and, and talk about this subject um for 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 you know throughout the day um but what you have done is you provided a really great insight to the to both the research that you conducted but also some fantastic examples and some top tips and some insight of how coaches may go about altering some of their some of their approaches that they that they have with their with their athletes and paddlers and most certainly is if you know a, a paddler 
you know experiences choking so absolutely fantastic lucy and much appreciate your your time today um finally um so you're obviously going to then uh, now looking at um more broadly psychology um where and you say that you know the chartered where do you see yourself where do you see yourself in the next five years you know where do you see yourself working <laughs> wow that's a big question um i i love working within sports um always been brought up in sports so absolutely love it so i, I would love to go into sports psychology one day um i know that i need to get my basis in psychology um first and then the pathway is a two three year training program um mm -hmm. when you become a trainee psychologist um so i'm hoping to do that sometime in the future um but at the moment i'm i'm just building my knowledge my knowledge base um and and hopefully um yeah one day in the future i will be able to help support other people and really really help um coaches as well as performers um achieve what i know they can and what i've experienced myself amazing performances oh that's brilliant lucy and i think definitely a name to look out for in the sport and arena <laughs> in years to come so lucy thanks very much again um and um, hope everyone's enjoyed uh, that session of the podcast um as i said before i alluded to uh, that this dissertation uh, lucy dissertation can be found on the british canoe and awarding body digital library if you'd like to have a look into it further and um anyway thanks very very much for thank listening you. and thank you lucy <laughs> take care thanks. bye Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. Remember to review, rate and subscribe. Bye for now.